It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team's Every day, I am your host and founder of BricktownPuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L O Thunderpod. Email the show L O Thunderpod at gmail.com and call into the show 405 362 7128. On today's show, we're going to dive into the NBA season so far and talk about what this season is going to accomplish and what it has accomplished so far and truly dive into what this season means on the floor. There's been a lot of talk about what it means off the floor, but what does it mean for like the on-court viewing experience? We're also going to go back to the Spiso meter and wrap up that segment from yesterday where you sent in your hot takes and I will grade them one pepper to five peppers. I always want to get you guys involved with the show. That's why we have the email, we have the Twitter, we have the call-in line, uh, and now we're taking submissions on Twitter and Reddit for your hot take. So I want to make you guys a part of this show. We've done mailbags before, and now we have another segment to do that with. It's also Friday, and so on Fridays, we have Stock Watch Fridays. We're going to buy and sell stock in different NBA topics, and at the very end, we're going to preview tonight's game against the LA Clippers. Let's talk about this NBA season, and I, for one, am glad that as Thunder fans or as as someone following the Thunder, this season is so much more than wins and losses, right? And wins and losses can be anywhere on your priority list. There are some people who have it number one. Some people have it dead last this year for the Thunder. But there is another layer to it, right? It is Shea's development. It's Baisley and Dort's development. There's so many other aspects of this season than just wins and losses. And that has not been the case for this team in its entire history. You know, it started last year being that way where you didn't really care about the wins and losses and were just happy to be along for the ride. But besides last year and this year, you've always cared about the wins and losses for these teams. And these, these games have always been so pressurized. And you've always had to live and die with every single game. I mean, think back to the pressure of a January game in Orlando with the Big Three, with the OK3 era, with the Paul George and Russell Westbrook alone era. In every era of this Thunder organization, there's been pressure on that win-loss total. Last year, there was house money. It didn't really matter. It was a fun season. This year, you're not even looking for that, really. If you're a realistic fan, you're not even looking for a, a fun ride. You know what you signed up for this year, and then you're looking beyond the wins and losses. And if there was ever a year in this sport's history to look beyond the wins and losses, it is this year. And I want to talk about the product we're seeing on the floor because there's a lot made, and there's rightfully a lot made about the stuff off the court. But as you're seeing in the NBA, 
add these new protocols, there's going to be security after the games to ensure there's no handshakes anymore. There's no post-game hugs, things like that. So you're going to have, you know, chaperones, right? Making sure that you don't get too close to each other at the middle school dance. Only this will be for the actual NBA after you just played a basketball game. So you're going to have that aspect of it. And now it seems as though they've changed another protocol as the Memphis Grizzlies see their next three games postponed due to one positive test and then contact tracing. So obviously the contact tracing, the, the contact tracing program has enhanced right? The, the depth of the contact tracing has enhanced because one positive test has not shut down any other team for this amount of time for preemptively shutting them down for three straight games, like announcing that already and not the day of each game. Meanwhile, just a couple weeks ago, the Grizzlies have had to play with nobody and they've had to have seven available players. So they had eight active, you know, the Mike Scott thing with Doc Rivers. He only had seven to play with. And meanwhile, the Mavericks are having to play without key contributors due to contact tracing and due to the health and safety protocols. They're missing legitimate starters and legitimate NBA-level contributors who are vastly important for that team's success. I mean, Maxi has been inside the protocols. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been inside the protocols. Jalen Brunson has been inside the protocols. All these guys have missed significant time due to these health and safety protocols. Dwight Powell, their starting center, has been in these protocols. Dwayne Finley-Smith, their starting wing, has been in these health and safety protocols. Josh Richardson, their huge addition this offseason, is in these health and safety protocols. So they're missing huge parts of their team. The Celtics lose Jason Tatum, and they shut down. The Wizards have not played in two weeks. And so the variance of, okay, this team's playing, this team's not going to play, and it doesn't seem to be uniform quite yet, and maybe we're getting there. Maybe this Memphis step is the step in the right direction of getting that uh, uniformity around the NBA of what's going to happen anytime you get a positive test. You're going to shut down everything. You're going to just stop playing so that we don't spread it to other teams and other organizations. Because remember, the reason that the Sunday game with Oklahoma City got postponed is because the 76ers had just played Memphis following the positive test. So maybe we are taking that step in the right direction. But in the meantime, the Mavericks have lost games they shouldn't have lost if they had a healthy squad. Their record is not where it should be. And in the tough Western Conference, again, this is just basketball-wise. I know there's much bigger issues. But basketball-wise, in a tough Western Conference, that can be the difference in being a four seed and being a six seed and dramatically changing the opponent you go against in the first round and dramatically changing if you can make it out of the first round. For the Wizards, they have not played in two weeks. Two weeks. So whenever it is, they finally get to play NBA basketball again. It is safe to say they will be at a disadvantage in terms of this whole rust factor. Like if you believe in rust and you believe in guys can lose their rhythm, I don't know what more, you know, I don't know what else you can do to make a guy lose his rhythm than not let him play or practice for two weeks. And these are all great measures the NBA is taking. They should absolutely take these precautions. They should absolutely have these protocols. But again, there's different, there's different circumstances for each team around the league, and each team is dealing with something different. And the Thunder have not had a, a player miss a regular season game due to uh, COVID protocols. And so when you're looking around the league, and it doesn't seem like anyone's on a, on a fair playing surface here, it's kind of just random who gets an advantage and who doesn't get an advantage, you know, just based on if you get COVID or not, this virus that you can't control. 
it becomes clear that the reason we're slogging through this season, if it wasn't clear to you already, as I've always been saying it is, it's about money. It's about money this year. It's about getting back on a regular schedule next year, playing October again next year and not December. And so to me, that dilutes the product that we're going to see on the floor and that dilutes the, the legitimacy of this season. Again, imagine if the Thunder were playing high-pressurized games, high-pressurized games that directly impacted the future of this organization. If Paul George and Russell Westbrook win a first-round series, how does this organization change? You can answer that for yourself. But it's clear wins and losses directly correlate with your future. And so whenever you win a game you shouldn't win or lose a game you shouldn't win, that has a ripple effect. And if you're doing it just based on chance of who's in the protocol and who's not in the protocol whenever you play them, that, of course, throws a wrinkle into things. Now, you can flip this argument and say, well, in a normal year, there's always a risk of injury, right? There's always a risk of just a normal routine injury, pulled hamstring, groin injury, ankle sprain, whatever. And then that can get into a slippery slope there. And this is really unavoidable, right? It's a virus that no one's been able to contain. So it's not anyone's fault, and there's not a real good secondary option. So I'm not saying anyone is right or wrong or, or any decision is good or any decision is bad, but I'm saying this year is not the year to be rooting for a team and, and to be longing for a team that has high-pressurized games that the future of your organization hinges on winning games and going to the postseason and getting far in the postseason. Because anything can happen this year. I think we can all agree the Mavericks are a much better team than the Bulls. The Bulls swept that season series because the Mavericks did not have half the roster. They were missing Luka in one game. They were missing every single contributor in the next game. And, and they got swept by the Bulls in the, season, in the season series just because guys were in COVID protocol. And again, no one is in the wrong here. Nobody is doing the wrong thing. Nobody's making the wrong decisions. Nobody's making the wrong protocols. The NBA has handled this better than any other league has. The NBA is trying to be preemptive with all of this and changing their protocols on the fly and adjusting how they're doing things as they get more data and as they get more knowledge on this virus and the subject. And so the NBA is doing a great job. All I'm saying is it's adding a wrinkle to the already difficult task of winning. And so to be caring about things on the margins and be, to be caring about, you know, how guys progress and other storylines instead of the direct win-loss column is a good thing this year. It's a really good thing because the direct win loss column this year is more randomized than ever. The, the Mavericks and the Thunder have the same record right now. You know, they're on the same playing surface record-wise. The Mavericks are a much better team than Oklahoma City is. You know, the Mavericks are 7-7, seven and seven, the, the Thunder are 6-7. and seven. The Thunder have the same record as the Heat, 6-7. and seven. The Heat are much better roster-wise than the Thunder, but they've gotten unlucky. And there's always an element of luck to basketball or any sport. But with this year, that's the case more than ever. And so to not have to worry about the scoreboard and not have to worry about wins and losses and not have that define your success, it's a good year to have that happen to you for this organization. Because the wins and losses, you know, you can have whatever argument you want. You can say that you want more wins. You can say you want more losses. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that does not define the Thunder. That does not define the Thunder. What defines the Thunder this year is how their young players progress. And that's all that matters. And so once again... Sam Presti picks the perfect time to take a step back and to focus on something other than going for the most amount of wins possible. I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the one place that has you covered 
and the one place that we trust. Sign up for a free account today at betonline.ag. Use promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The NFL postseason is in full swing. We're on the conference championship game, folks. This is it. This determines who goes to the Super Bowl. You can bet on both games at betonline.ag. You can bet on the NBA at betonline.ag. You can bet on college hoops at betonline.ag. And when baseball gets started, you can bet on baseball as well in any other sport you can think of. There's prop bets. There's over-unders, money line, the spread, all that good stuff. Future award bets. Everything you can ever want is at betonline.ag. So go there right now to betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account, locked on as the promo code, get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget our promo code, locked on, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, your online sportbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. And they're going to pick college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts from. We're back on Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. It's a Friday, so do not forget that coming up, we're going to have Stock Watch Friday, where we're going to buy and sell stock in NBA topics. But right now, we're going to go to the Spiceometer and rate your hot takes. It's so damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. Fire. Oh, fire. Oh, my goodness. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. This take. is on fire. All right, we are at the Spice-O-Meter, and right here I will be reading off your hot takes, and I'll rate them one to five, five being the hottest take out there. But this one from Reddit comes from Bay Ray Ray, and Bay Ray Ray says that Dort will win the Most Improved Player Award. I think right now he has some competition with Christian Wood. I still think that as the season progresses and Shea gets more aggressive, that these two guys could be taking away votes from each other. I think that he'll be in the conversation. To what extent, I think, probably depends on the three-point percentage. Now, the argument against Lou Dort being in the conversation or possibly winning uh, the Most Improved Player Award, because I understand where you're coming from here, it is a big leap he's taken this year. But the thing is, it was a small sample size last year. And so a lot of people have this idea that you cannot give it to second-year players in general. So if that's already your founding principle, is that you're not going to give the most improved player award to the second-year player because a second-year player is supposed to make a jump and make a leap. That's the same reason why Luka Doncic did not get the same respect in the MIP conversation he should have last year. If you're going to take that stance, then Lou Dort's sample size last year was way too small. He played in 36 games last year. He only played in 36. And so... The fact that we even developed narratives about Lou Dort's offensive game last year was a bit of a disservice to him because as much as you can argue that 
this sample size is small of him being a good offensive player. The sample size last year was also very small. We don't have a big enough, a big enough analysis on Lou Dort and a big enough sample size to determine what he is or isn't. So that can all go against Lou Dort, his teammate being in the running and the fact that a lot of people do not agree that you can give a guy most improved player when he's only in his second year. But I see where you're going with this, and I do think that he'll be in the conversation. So I'm going to give you a three out of five on the hot take scale. The next one comes from Exact Warlord, and they say that Lou Dort at the end of the year will have a higher three-point percentage than Trey Young this year. And so for context right now, Lou Dort is shooting 23%, and right now Trey Young is shooting 29%. So they've both gotten off to the start you would need them to in order for this to be true, because if they were neck and neck, this would not be true because you know that Trey Young will have that amazing run eventually where he's just going to be lights out from three-point land, and that'll raise his averages up and the percentages up. But there's enough of a gap here to make this a conversation, but I'm going to have to say that I do not agree with this because I do think that Lou Dort will level off, and, and it's not going to be terrible. It's not going to be 20% bad, but he will not shoot 40% from three. And if he does, then, oh my goodness, what have the Thunder done here? It's an even bigger steal than you thought it was heading into the, heading into the year. But I do think he shoots around 35 36% from deep, right around the league average. And I think that Trey Young will have that string of games, that month or so of games, where he is just electric from beyond the arc. Right? And so this will all kind of level back to where it should be in the grand scheme of things. I will say that Trey Young, unlike most sharpshooters, takes just these outrageous shots, right? He's not Seth Curry out there who's going to take a normal good three. He's going to take these outrageous logo threes, which does bring his averages down a little bit. His highest average is 36%, and in his rookie year, he only shot 32%. And in that season, he did get off to the same type of slow start, if you remember, and that's why that Luca ran away with the Rookie of the Year vote despite a strong second half from Trey Young. But I think that even if Trey Young can get this back and right this wrong to that 36% mark, he'll be neck and neck with Lou Dort. And at that point, you just got to see what happens and you got to roll the dice with the better shooter. I give this a 4 to 5 because I think that on the surface, without that deep, nerdy analysis I just gave you with this with the percentages and things like that, Without any of that, and you look at that on the surface and say that Lou Dort will shoot higher percentage from three than Trey Young, people will call you crazy. I'm going to give you a four because of the because the shock factor. But when you dive into it, I can see where you're going, and I think that there's a real argument to make that be the case, even if you agree with me that Lou Dort will not shoot 40%. Because he's got to travel all the way back down to 36 or so, but Trey Young has to travel all the way back up to 36 while taking these insane logo shots that he does. And he makes a lot of them, but still, that will bring averages down a bit. But I like where you're going with that. I like the take, but it's a 4 out of 5 on the Spice-O-Meter. Not the craziest thing in the world, but it does have a shock factor to it. The next one on Reddit from Steven8088. The Thunder will win a championship in the next 10 years. And I'm going to couple this with Reddit user Heroness Jr. The Thunder will win numerous championships in the late 2020s, a star will be traded to Oklahoma City at some point due to the future first-round picks that the Thunder have, and then he he cautions it, you know, they caution it with a Bradley Beal-level star. So predicting a championship will be a 5 out of 5 because it's incredibly hard for this market to get there. Like, everything has to break your way in a small market to make a championship or, or really anywhere to make a championship, but especially in a small market, you don't have that room for error. You don't have that room to cover up a bad mistake. And so you have to be perfect on your route there. 
the Thunder drafted three of the best players we've ever seen play the game and three just absolute transcendent talents back to back to back, and they still did not get there. They had one of the best the best players ever in Kevin Durant, like literally legitimately going to be a, a top five player when it's all said and done. They got to the title once. So winning a title is so hard. However, this team is uniquely positioned to where if you had to, to take future odds on this as, as the NBA turns and you see just random things happen and different groups break up for different reasons, one thing is for sure, the Thunder are going to draft their own level talent, right? They're going to draft their homegrown guys, and that's going to be the catalyst of a future good team. You have a great GM. You have a great player developmental staff, and so those guys will be under contract. Those guys will not be able to leave. Uh, those guys will be here in Oklahoma City, and it will not take your entire treasure chest of assets to draft those franchise-changing stars to couple with SGA and Lou Dort and Baisley and Boku and Malvon. It will not take everything you have to do that. And so you will set yourself up for the future. You, your future is the one thing in the NBA that is certain, right? Not a lot is. Brooklyn's future is not certain. LA's future, either one of them, is not certain. But the Thunder's future is. Now, you got to do the hard part, right? you got to do the hard part of drafting one of those franchise-changing guys, but you have a ton of chances to, and you have wildly regarded as the very best player development staff, right? So you're on the right track here, but winning a championship is hard. I'm going to give the championship, and especially the multiple championship one, a 5 out of 5. As for the trading for a Bradley Beal-level star, that's a 1 out of 5. Uh, you know, that, that's that's to me the plan, right? The plan is this offseason, you get a Cade Cunningham, you get a Jalen Green, you get a Jonathan Kaminga. That's the plan right there. And then from there, you let those guys grow together. You let Shea, Dort, basically grow together with Kaminga or Green and whoever else you draft in this year's class. And then you start to try to look for that next disgruntled star to bring in that veteran, to bring in that ready-made NBA player, to bring in that, that player like a Bradley Beal who can help this team take that next step. Now, not exactly Bradley Beal, and you don't want to get too crazy with that because even the one you convinced to stay in Paul George was gone within a year. So you cannot rely on that strategy, right? That cannot, that cannot be the backbone of your strategy. But I think that without question, once you solidify a core, like in 2023 or 2024, once your core is there and you know that you have your one, your two, your three, you can then trade for a guy on Bradley Beal's playing level and bring him in. And if he leaves in two years, he leaves in two years. Because at that time, you got to trust your young guys to be ready to compete and be with that leadership that, that, that whoever comes in brings, and you win a championship that way. I think that that's the plan. That the plan is solidify the core and then use the rest of the pieces, use the rest of the future first-round picks to add to it with ready-made stars. Look, the Thunder have too many first-round picks. And I don't mean that in the sense of they should stop trading for them. I mean that in the sense of they cannot use them all. Like, they literally cannot use all their first-round picks. They've got to trade them. And when you trade first-round picks, especially multiple, you end up with good players. You end up with Bradley Beal-like players. I like that a lot. I like that take a lot. I like where you're going, that prediction. But it's not a hot prediction. It's not a hot take. It's a right take, though. So we will wrap up the final couple uh, hot takes, then do stock watch and a game preview coming up. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are back on Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. When this podcast is over, check out Rejecting the Screen. Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week, Noah Kozlo and Adam Stanko get personal with interviewing players, coaches, media members, and more. All the people that make the NBA happen. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screens wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Locked on Thunder wherever you get your podcast from. The only daily show about the Oklahoma City Thunder. And so let's keep rolling on with a spice-o-meter. Only got a couple more here, but I want to get every fan heard that, that took the time to send in a submission. The next one comes from Hey It's App. They say that Dort will make multiple All-Star games and will make more All-Star games than any player selected in the 2019 lottery. And so for reference, the 2019 lottery is Zion, Ja, RJ Barrett, DeAndre Hunter, Darius Garland, Jarrett Culver, Kobe White, Jackson Hayes, Rui Kachimura, Cam Reddish, Cameron Johnson, PJ Washington, and Tyler Hero. So that's the lottery. And I think that immediately Ja jumps out to you because Ja will be in the All-Star game multiple times. Tyler Hero, sneaky name that, that caught onto the scene so greatly in the bubble and could be an All-Star type of player. Who knows if he has All-Star burn, but we'll see on that. But he's someone to monitor moving forward for this question. But beyond that, Beyond that, you got Zion, you got Ja, and then from there, you got some shaky, maybe they're an all-star, maybe not. So it's not that crazy, but it's still a little crazy because you do have Zion and Ja, who's going to win every single fan vote, period, and then they just need a little bit of endorsement from, you know, getting reserve spots from coaches and things like that. Now, Dort will have his own fan, you know, write-in votes and, and media, social media campaigns of voting in Dort. But making the All-Star game for Lou Dort more times than Zion and Ja make the All-Star game, that is a 5 out of 5 hot take. The next one and last one on Twitter comes from at Nature of the Nine on Twitter. And they say that Lou Dort will get 10 steals this season in a game. Well, so far this year, he's gotten 6 in one game. Can he bump that up to 10 if he was just going all out and hunting steals and just playing a, a masterful game in the passing lanes and locking down his opposition. So if he can get 10 steals, he has a chance against Miami and the Bulls and the 76ers and the Cavs who turn the ball over the most. Maybe you catch the Rockets who are at 26th on turnovers on a night in which they just do not care at all to be there. And they're just lazy and sloppy with the ball. But for something you truly believe to happen, and that is 10 steals in one game, that is a five out of five because it is, it is absurd. He got six in one game. 10 in one game would just be out of this world amazing. Uh, so I'm going to give that a 5 out of 5 on the uh, pepper scale, on the spice-o-meter. Now we do have one final one from Twitter. At the real K Chin, they say that in their respective primes, Darius Baisley will be better than Shea Gilgis Alexander. That is a hot, hot take. Now I love me some Darius Baisley. Building block Baisley all the way. But to be better than SGA, that, that, is, that is a 5 out of 5 on the Spiceometer. That, that is too hot to touch on the Spiceometer. Better than Shea. I mean, if the Thunder can somehow have basically be better than Shea, then this Rebo is off to a better start than, than you could even imagine. 
And I still think that Darius Space would be a great building block, a great piece of the foundation, a great part of the core. But Shea's special. I mean, Shea is special. Shea is that number two guy on a championship team. That would mean that Baisley is a number one guy on a championship team in his prime. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case for him. So I'm going to give that a five out of five on the hot take scale. But a good one, a good spicy one. And now it's time for the stock market to open for Stock Watch Friday. Yeah, they're penny stocks. I told you not to sell. You did not tell me not to sell. I said the market fluctuates, remember? Well, what are you going to do about this stock? I'm keeping it. I'm going down with the ship. Celebrate with our weekly act of debauchery. The stock market is finally open. It's time for Stock Watch on a Friday, which is the exact day which we do Stock Watch. So what we're going to do here is buy and sell stock into NBA topics. We're going to do so all year long, keep up with it all year long, and see if we made some good investments or some bad investments. And you can tell me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles if you're buying or selling these stocks. The first one on the block is Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton had an incredible Game against the Brooklyn Nets in which he single-handedly beat the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, just scoring 20 points straight and just being electric uh, on, on that game in overtime, double overtime, to beat Brooklyn. And so I think that I'm buying all in. I'm all in on Colin Sexton. He's got the goods. He is special. Is he a number one type guy? Probably not, but he's still really, really good and a good piece for Cleveland. The next one on the stock watch is Josh Hall. Josh Hall got some garbage time minutes against Denver. He looked very impressive. He looked very comfortable attacking the rim. He got fouled going to the rim. He was fluid in his motion going to the rim. Did some really good things in that garbage time session against Denver. I'm buying, buying, buying Josh Hall stock. This is not the first time I've bought Josh Hall stock, but I will be doing it again and upping my shares is that what people do with stocks i'm not really sure but upping the shares uh invested in josh hall and then the last one for stock watch friday is the dallas mavericks i feel as though i can buy low on the dallas mavericks right now because there's a lot of people who are just looking at that record they just got back to 500 last night and they're wondering what's happening they're just thinking it's just a slow start for them but in actuality, as we went through at the top of the show, they're missing a ton of pieces. And I think right now I can get in low on the Dallas Mavericks, who I think will make a second-round appearance this year if they are healthy in the postseason. Even in last postseason, they almost upset the L.A. Clippers in the first round, who the Thunder take on tonight at 9 p.m. Late one tonight for all of us. So get that coffee ready to go. The 9 p.m. tip time is going to be late one. It's going to be a struggle, folks. And so you will have a post-game pod, even though it's a Saturday, you're going to get that pod up. And that pod will be in your feeds after the game is over on Saturday morning, very early. The game will probably end, would you estimate, you know, midnight central time. Then we've got the media availability after the game that will last until about you know, 12, 31 o'clock. And then record and post it, and you'll have it in your feeds when you wake up on Saturday. This is the first true baseball-like series. I know that they played Orlando back-to-back -back games, but there's like, a, what, two, three weeks? to two, three days off in between. With this game, you're playing the Clippers on Friday at 9 p.m. and Sunday at 3 p.m. A quick turnaround against the same team will be interesting to see how things go and what adjustments can be made. Uh, it's been an interesting storyline to follow all year long so far with these teams going to play these kind of mini-series. The game on Sunday tips off at 3 p.m. That podcast, the post-game podcast for that show, will be your Monday show, and we'll be back on track from there. No injury report is out the time that I'm recording this podcast, but I will update the injury reports on Twitter all the time the second they come out 
at Rylan underscore Styles, at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. The last update we got from Mark was that Ty Jerome and Al Horford are still not with the team. We'll see if anything changes between now and then. We have media availability on Thursday with Mark at 7, and Friday before the game, of course, we'll also talk to him. So we'll see what happens from here on out with those two guys, but I would not expect them to come back you know, on this road trip, I would assume that they're going to be out for the whole road trip, but we'll see whenever we talk to Mark tonight. And I'll update all of that on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Of course, with no injury report, there's no clue who's hurt for the Clippers or not, uh, but they're playing some good basketball right now. And what to watch for? Paul George is in the midst of another MVP caliber season, doing the same type of thing he did in Oklahoma City, right? He gets embarrassed in the postseason against Utah, comes back and has that MVP run where he finishes third in the MVP voting in Oklahoma City. And now he gets embarrassed in his first playoffs with L.A. and is now having an MVP-like season with the Clippers. The bottom line is none of it matters until he does it in the postseason. That's a very easy take to have. Like, that's a very just casual take to throw out there whenever you don't really want to say anything. But I think with Paul George, it goes from cop-out to fair criticism because he's done this before. He did it in Oklahoma City. He was the same guy in the postseason, for whatever reason, injuries or just not being good enough, whatever it is, the game changing the postseason, whatever it is, he can have an MVP season from now until the end of the year and then falter once the postseason starts. So proceed with caution with the Clippers, but they are playing very good basketball right now. I want to see Lou Dort go up against these this MVP caliber Paul George and go up against Kawhi Leonard and go up against this entire Clippers team, which is one of the title favorites. And then, of course, seeing if Darius Baisley can break out of this offensive slump is another thing to watch for. Uh, no line right now on this game from our good friends over at betonline.ag. So I will update you on my bet of the game on Twitter. Uh, for the money ball prediction, I have Lou Dort leading this team in three-pointers made tonight. You can sweet at me your bet of the game and your money ball of the game, and I'm going to keep track of it all year long. Whoever has the most correct, if you can beat me, spoiler alert, not hard to do. If you can beat me, I'll send you out a uh, nice prize at the end of the season. So subscribe to Locked on Thunder wherever you get your podcast from. It's a daily show. We're not stopping in the on the weekend. We're going to continue with post-game pods for every single game, uh, even when they fall on the weekend. And we'll be back on Monday to recap the Sunday game. So there's a lot to get to this weekend and a lot to follow along with. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow for the recap of this Clippers game tonight. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.